Hello, everyone. Uh, this is the podcast about all things wellness and well-being. Today, I'm very excited to have Yaro here with me. She is a creativity coach on a number of levels and also helps run small businesses and uh, does digital website design. And I'm very excited to talk with her about ritual and what that means in our lives, how we can create them, and just what they are. So thank you so much for being here, Yaro. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. I'd love to start with um, a summary of your journey into the work you do with Ritual, if you could tell us about that. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> My pronouns are actually they, them. That's mm. good to know. So um, I started out uh, with the web design business that I have about almost six years ago. And at the time, I had a blog that was much more personal. I was sharing about self-care and travel and how I felt about turning 30 and those kinds of things and I kind of felt like that wasn't appropriate on the website business side anymore people were coming there for tech advice and design ideas and so I created Daydream Rose and that kind of became its own space and in the first few years I was mainly blogging and then I started a podcast and I think I um in my mid-20s, after having a burnout and working full-time, studying full-time, really kind of needed to discover like a slower and more intentional way of being in the world and coming back to myself after all kinds of weird and stressful experiences. And rituals, since I can remember, like since being a kid, have always been something that really grounds me. And so I think as this other project kind of picked up pace and got more attention from people and the, the podcast grew, I allowed myself to take that more serious and to also um, invest a little bit more in training. So I did a number of different bodywork trainings. I worked as a yoga facilitator for a while. Um, I trained in breathwork and massage um, and meditation and um, and eventually also as a celebrant as a and as a death doula. And I think now I'm weaving these different things together in the project. So I write zines. I've written a book this year called Rituals, um, Simple and Radical Practices for Times for Enchantment in Times of Crisis. And, and I teach weekly creativity classes. I build a Patreon. And yeah, it's a joy and it's always unfolding. So this is kind of the snapshot of where it's at right now. And I think this year we're recording this on the 4th of November. We're just waiting for the election results and we're going back into lockdown this week in the UK. Um, really is such a moment that more than anything before is really teaching me how important rituals are and how much I need them and how excited I am to share them. Yeah, yeah it sounds like rituals for you definitely provide a lot of grounding and comfort mm -hmm. and I'm really interested to learn more details about mm -hmm. that. And I also wanted to mention that I discovered your podcast a few months back and it's such a... Um, a wide array of beautiful conversations. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for creating that. And mm -hmm. it's definitely helped me kind of discover new information mm -hmm. um, and just learn more about all kinds of things that I would never have thought about. Um, That's great. Well, one thing I wanted to ask is, what is an important practice or ritual that you do for yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it always shifts. There's sometimes periods in my life where I feel much more like I really need a super straightforward container and I do the same thing every day and then there's other periods that feel more fluid and open and I experiment with different stuff 
I think for me as the seasons change like that can sometimes be a bit unsettling and then I really kind of lean more deeply into these like really specific things that I would do but I think if I had to name one thing morning rituals are really important to me so I write a few pages I try to make something visually creative and that could be a doodle or like working on a lino card or something um, and then I walk my dogs along the river and I try to really kind of sink into the sound of the river and, you know, watch the birds and really take that in and have a moment of stillness before I start my day. Um, and then in the evenings, I really like massaging my food, my feet. I feel like that's super grounding. I like working with like beautiful scents at that time and kind of really release the day before I go to bed so I don't take so much stuff with me into my dreams, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good to note. Um, I mean, I, I believe a lot in doing something in the morning if you need it to really create a mindset, if that's, you know, what you're looking for. Uh, but the nighttime ritual sounds so nice because I feel like you definitely need a disconnect between, you know, the outside and activity and some kind of transition into mm -hmm. like rest. And I think using ritual um, can be so helpful mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. So I wanted to discuss um, about ritual, like what it is, um, how do we create that? And, you know, you wrote a little bit about, well, quite a bit about it in the book. I, I would mm -hmm. like to talk a little bit about it mm -hmm. in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask, how did you come into creating and using rituals for yourself? Um, I think my very first memory of creating a ritual for myself was when I was five, my parents divorced. And so that was a period of transition and change and kind of exploring different practices. And I was making these tiny altars, which I didn't name them that at the time, but I would collect stones and feathers and kind of have these like spaces of intention that really meant a lot to me. And then um, I think as a teenager, I just kind of picked up all kinds of weird habits and rituals. And I think even stuff like going to the mall and mindlessly spending money can be a ritual, right? It's just not a really good one. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, I had those kinds of much more stressful, disconnected teenage rituals. And then um, after school, I started working full time um, after some training and then I studied part time. Um, with the distance university for my first degree and I loved studying but it was a really stressful time it was just too much and so I think then in like, I was around 24 that I quit working in that environment <clears throat> I was living in Berlin at the time and um yeah and that's how I really got into rituals and I think what felt helpful to me then and still does now is to broaden my understanding of what can count in efforts as a ritual I think yeah, the book gives a ton of examples of things that I really like doing, but I I think a ritual can be anything that we need it to be. And some people find it helpful to think of it as something that has a beginning, a middle and an end. So a separation stage where we're stepping out of ordinary life into more of a ritual space, we're setting an intention. And then there's the middle part where we do things like dancing or singing or drawing or painting or talking to someone, you know, whatever feels good in that moment. And then there's also the end stage where we're kind of coming back home and really integrating what we have experienced or received in the ritual. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how I would broadly describe it if someone was completely new to it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think ritual is, is somewhat forgotten as, uh, as an art form or creativity form. And I, I do see a lot of um, people creative or not kind of, they have rituals. I often connect rituals and habits sometimes, mm-hmm. but I was wondering if you could speak um, just a few sentences about like, what would be uh, different between a ritual and a habit? Mm-hmm. I think to me, habits can be incredibly unconscious, you know, like things like biting your fingernails or um, texting your ex when you really don't actually want to do that, for example. I think those can become, I don't know if I want to call them bad habits. I think that's like a, a strong judgment maybe, but they can become things that we're just doing without really thinking about it very quickly. And they might or might not be actually be in alignment with what we believe in or what feels good for us right now. And I think rituals, on the other hand, have such a different perspective to them. Like if I'm committed to a ritual, then I'm really thinking about what goes into it. And it's not something that I just do on autopilot just because I do it every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in that way, you start to talk about the meaning that you put into Mm -hmm. rituals. So what are some of the things that make a ritual meaningful and how does ritual and meaning connect Mm -hmm. I think for me rituals are spaces to kind of process and integrate what's happening in a a way so um, let's find an example so it might be that I'm I'm moving to a new country like I moved to Scotland last year and um, for me there was a lot of meaning making around place making and really thinking about why I'm doing this finding the right space to live um, finding this house that I'm now in, learning about the landscape and the people and history and the politics, um, and also letting go of the place that I was living in before, which was Brighton in England. And so the meaning making and the rituals that I was doing at the time was really to give myself space to explore my intentions, to learn and to let go and then reconnect with this new place and kind of ground myself in that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely important to to kind of bring in awareness and consciousness into certain choices. And I think uh, for me personally, it's helped to kind of spend some time thinking about the decision and then, you know, acts, you know, being in the process of whatever that decision is, the action involved, whether it's mm-hmm. moving to a new country or going on vacation or starting a project. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's definitely nice once you're done with like the core action to start something to kind of find a way to integrate that. And I feel like um, some rituals definitely help um, create that integration and like deeper flow within you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, if you could speak a little more about the elements and what could be some of the elements of ritual, that would be so helpful Mm because I feel like there's so many options out there, Mm -hmm. but how do we like start to think about it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really depends so much on the person. And I always think that there's really something super beautiful in simplicity and that we don't have to make it more complicated than it needs to be. And I think especially again this year, it's good to just work with whatever is available. But generally, I think a really strong connection to the landscape and nature feels like a key part of ritual to me. And that could look like 
having the different elements present, for example, or really kind of orientating myself to the season that we're in and the, the time of the day and the year or the moon cycle, for example, and having something in the ritual that celebrates and really represents that. Um, I think then another piece that's important to me is creativity. So I try to kind of have my uh, my desk clear here and to have art supplies ready in a really simple way whenever I want to do a little art ritual. And that could be watercolors or um, again, lino cuts. I'm really into printmaking at the moment, but I also love textiles and weaving and embroidery. And what I love about the art making part is also that it kind of gives us something that we take into ordinary life out of the ritual space. So for example, if I have the ritual for my birthday, I might um, light some candles, find, you know, find the day that, the time of the day that I like best, like maybe the sunset, which is pretty early in the afternoon in Scotland at the moment. And I might um, burn some incense, make my favorite tea, and then I might draw some oracle cards and do some writing. And then with what I've, I've received and has come through for me in the ritual, I might go ahead and embroider a small hoop with like maybe an affirmation or an intention that I have. And I will hang that on my wall and become a focal point over the coming weeks or maybe the year since it was my birthday. Um, so I think that's a way to kind of like letting it ripple through everyday life. Um, and then I think the third piece I would mention is the body and like thinking about how we become present in our bodies in a ritual, for example, with breath work or meditation or movement practice. I really like making playlists for my rituals. And I think there's something about like developing a muscle memory almost around music and movement, where if I have, you know, have had the same playlist for every full moon this year, for example, and there's something in that memory that my my mind can just immediately come back to and that's really beautiful yeah that sounds like a way to create comfort like in a more mm -hmm. systematic way almost mm -hmm. um and really integrates ritual into like different parts of your life and every day mm -hmm. um what have you found um i'm interested in how ritual was a well, for some societies, it's still important, but um, I, I saw that in, in the past past, a lot of life was very ritual based, mm -hmm. right? And now we have all this freedom to create anything. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, how do you see ritual interplay with like creative projects? Um, and if you've seen that be supportive or if you teach that, mm -hmm. if you could speak a little about that, mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah, I think in the creative work that I do, what I see in myself and other people being the ch most challenging part often is to kind of step away from the very sharp rhythm and pace of everyday life to drop into like more of a space of stillness and to really let ideas come, I think. If we work full time, it's hard, you know, after a long day to sit down at a desk and really feel inspired to do a watercolor painting, for example, or to write on a book. And so I think even a small ritual like putting on a dressing gown that feels amazing or like spraying rose water over your desk or setting an intention and lighting the candle that you have made for this project as you write on your book, for example, can really be a way to let us help transition from 
everyday life into the ritual space and to become more creative. And I think then the other piece is about identity. Like I think lots of people find it quite hard to identify as a creative person or that to really own that they want to make something. Um, and I think in that way, ritual can also be really encouraging and it can be a smaller way in our own home in which we can kind of build our confidence in, in you know, ritual making and then putting things together and designing a practice that works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's definitely helpful to be more conscious in like transitioning from different types of activities. Mm-hmm. I feel like ritual can definitely help with that. Um, I was wondering, at what point did you start to realize that like a lot of your lifestyle and just the kind of activities you were drawn to, to kind of punctuate your life or day Mm -hmm. in a way, um, were in fact rituals? Mm -hmm. Um, I I can't say that there was just one moment. I think rituals have always been an important part of my life and that in the last few years I've made them an even more important central point. Um, and there's definitely been things that I have had been doing for a long time that I kind of later on reframed as rituals because I noticed how meaningful they were to me and that I didn't actually do them on autopilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything you created as a ritual for your podcast, for the creation of the podcast? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I started out with the podcast, I was really trying to think about, you know, who who do I want to be in yeah. service of? What kind of people do I want to have on it? What kind of conversations do I want to bring to the world? And I think even the, the little things like, you know, having the intake form, researching the people that I'm talking to, thinking about what they might want to share, um, writing down questions before <clears throat> I start interviewing them, and then um, creating the the web page for that particular episode is a ritual. And I really like the idea of doing ordinary things like that in the spirit of tending to a creative spirit that we have committed to working with. Um, and I think with the podcast, because it's been running so long now, more than four years, I revisit this intention all the time and it has definitely evolved. So it doesn't mean that four years ago I had this intention ceremony where I defined and wrote down this one thing that I wanted to the podcast that it now has to be the same thing forever or for the lifetime of the, the podcast um, and I also think that every person that comes on it kind of brings their own energy and shifts something and that's really important to me um, but yeah I revisit that all the time and I try to see um, the admin part as a beautiful ritual of uh, part of the ritual as well yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Um, kind of a reframe in a way mm-hmm. of just the kind of work that we do that can somewhat sometimes seem repetitive. Because mm-hmm. if we do something like a podcast or some kind of um, project that has like the same parts mm-hmm. in it, um, it does become a ritual. And that's like how you prepare and you create a mindset and like you. you step into like the more conscious space of like, okay, mm-hmm. this is happening now and creating a container in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, one thing that I love about um, what ritual provides is um, kind of boundaries or a container around mm-hmm. an experience. Have you found that, that that provides that for you? Yeah, it does sometimes. I think boundaries 
are so important, especially in running a business online and really being intentional with how we spend our time and energy, what kind of people we invite to work with us, how we share what we have to offer is so much about really feeling the edges of ourselves and what we are wanting to give, how we want to be of service, sorry, quietly please. Um, so yeah, I think that rituals and giving myself the space to be in my body and explore what I want and need at any given point in time is a really important thing that contributes to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for uh, kind of sharing that. That's in general, it's it's really nice to to have something like a, a name like ritual that we can that it also sounds really nice and it has some kind of like mm -hmm. it reminds me of old things and like mm -hmm. old life and things like that um, that you can sort of come back to and connect with. So when mm -hmm. I say ritual, I always feel like the word itself has a grounding mm -hmm. um, element, just the yeah. sounds. So yeah. it's really nice and um, using that word as like a, a tool almost to to create the different like day-to-day mm -hmm. -day activities. That's really kind of a nice way to frame it. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to move to some examples because there's definitely a number of reasons and ways to create rituals and when and why. And you've written a little bit about that. And I wanted to start with what are some of the reasons that you would be creating a ritual? Mm -hmm. I think for myself, I don't even need a reason anymore. Like they just feel like a necessity and something I really want to have in my everyday life all the time. But other reasons could be a change, a shift in environment, a transition of some kind, maybe a grief or a loss, um, a desire to create something new, like a creative project, for example, a new relationship maybe, yeah. So how, what are the, some of the uh, rituals that can be used every day? I know you mentioned a few of them, mm -hmm. but maybe there's another example that you have to share. Um, I think I mentioned the ones that feel really important to me. One that felt good this week was to have little dance breaks and to have playlists ready that feel like really wild and expressive because watching the election unfold can feel so tense and just to kind of take a moment to shake it out is a really beautiful ritual I think that's so easy to do as well yeah that does sound very helpful <laughs> and um in today's environment for sure um and, and dance is always as a, a way to just kind of move from the mind into the body mm -hmm. so that's a it's a nice ritual that can be used every day um, another one I wanted to talk about is milestones in mm -hmm. life. Um, what have you seen people use or that you use yourself that create a container for mm -hmm. celebrating or marking milestones? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really important question because we often don't pause to really celebrate those things that we have achieved. Like, you know, conventionally, we maybe celebrate weddings or um, our first home or graduating or something but there's so much more to life that is really a milestone in itself and deserves its own kind of celebration and attention and I think for milestones it, it feels important to me to be in community so I think for for a ritual around that I would probably invite friends and see if they also want to celebrate some of their own milestones and make a create a situation that feels really celebratory like that could be good food good music lots of candles um 
taking some time off to really mark the occasion as something special, as not just kind of a thing that we rush through. Um, and then definitely again, art making because I want to document this this stage that I just passed and have something to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice to mention. Um, I feel like we definitely um, celebrate really big milestones, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's like other ones that we might not notice. And it probably would be cool to create like smaller celebrations for those. Um, another topic where ritual kind of comes out more prominently is grief and heartbreak. Mm -hmm. um, if you could talk a bit about how ritual is used in those times and any rituals you recommend. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't speak for everyone or like how broadly ritual in times of grief is used and that's so different across different cultures as well. But what I like doing is um, really reconnecting with the landscape. I think being by a body of water is a really beautiful practice around loss um, because it reminds us that there's a cycle and that life continues in some way. You know, the rivers are still flowing. Um, there's stillness and acknowledgement of something that is that we're grieving. Um, I also like a sense of being witnessed if that's possible. So I think so often we don't cry in front of people or we don't really name what is hurting. And so cultivating friendships and relationships in which there is space for that kind of thing and we can really be fully honest and fully be ourselves, um, that's beautiful as well. And I think that's something that we practice in ritual. And then um, stones also feel beautiful. So I, I wrote about the ritual in the book about where I'm whispering something to a stone and I'm throwing it into the sea or the river and then letting something be held by the water in that way. So that's an example that I really like as well. Mm -hmm. um, and what about the use of uh, fire as well? I've heard that that's definitely an element in ritual sometimes. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, it's another element. <laughs> and I, I like having fire present in candles for example and I also really love making a big fire in my garden when I have more time I think it's good to think about what fire represents for us it could be creativity or transformation or heat and warmth and sexuality for some people and that kind of is maybe something beautiful to explore also with the tarot and the suits in the in the tarot but yeah that can be a part of it as well mm. And what about um, just general transitions in life? How would you connect um, the rituals that you create for yourself and maybe mm -hmm. have seen friends create for mm -hmm. um, all kinds of whatever is, you know, mm -hmm. changing in their mm -hmm. lives? How would we be like market and mm -hmm. celebrated? I think it depends on what the transition is but I think what feels nice as a general idea is that there's a part an identity or a place or a way of being that we're letting go and another one that we're moving towards too so how can we maybe create a representation of these two things the one thing that we're moving away from and the other thing that we're moving towards and how can that be kind of symbolized in which I think that could be really beautiful and again it doesn't have to be big when people move houses for example or it's that a new job, there's usually so much going on already and you don't want to add a ton of complex stuff that, that just will feel stressful in the end. But having a day where you're really officially going from one end to the other, sharing that with people, writing about it and creating a ritual space for yourself, I think can be really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I've been creating a representation of like what's happening and then like mm-hmm. what's about to happen maybe in some way, yeah. With, whether using elements or drawing or writing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nice um, like visual almost mm-hmm. to create that transition. Um, one thing I thought about is um, some older, a lot older societies have these rituals that may seem really scary and possibly life-threatening, like a coming-of-age ritual um, where like a boy is left in the woods for three days. Um, I don't know the details, but I've heard like that happens in some older societies that still kind of practice this kind of stuff. I was wondering what you think about rituals that may feel really scary and kind of integrate fear Mm -hmm. all kinds of darkness into it yeah um I think what you're referring to is probably a vision quest and that is part of indigenous cultures in Northern America and so that is not my background and I really want to be culturally sensitive to that and not appropriate something that isn't part of the tradition that I come from and white and have a mixed European background. And so I really can't speak with any, you know, wisdom or confidence about how these practices came to be or what they really mean or what it is to be in that kind of experience. But I think in my own experience, um, fear is always present in life. And I think fear has its own role and wisdom that we can listen to without letting it you know, drive the car, really shape our decisions in life. I think there's a balance to be found in allowing these younger parts of ourselves maybe, you know, to have their voice and say, this feels scary. It's the big next step and it's an expansion. I haven't done this before rather than repressing that and pretending that we're not scared at all ever. Um, And I think a ritual, again, can be a beautiful way of working that, working with that and just acknowledging that in a really gentle way. And then hopefully transmuting it so that we can let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it would be interesting to explore emotions through creating some kind of ritual for Mm -hmm. it as well. I feel some kind of like coaching or counseling sometimes is Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But yeah, I I feel that's definitely being done with any time that you kind of really start to think about how you're feeling and like Mm -hmm. staying aware with that. Maybe like that's a ritual in (laughs) itself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have um, a a slight follow-up question. Um, I didn't ask earlier. Um, You were telling about, you were talking about when you were um, feeling burnt out and then you really started to transition into a different lifestyle. I was wondering what happened to make you aware, like how did that happen for Mm -hmm. you? Like, how did you notice? Um, I think there were a lot of things that I didn't actually notice for a long time that eventually led to the burnout. So I was I was really overstretching the capacity of my body. I didn't sleep enough. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't able to spend time with friends because I was working so much. I was doing about 50, 60 hours in the job, and then I would study another 20, 25 hours a week. And it really like I needed to kind of hit that breaking point to see that that wasn't sustainable and um and step away from that and find another way of being yeah Mm. yeah that's a good point I'm glad you I mean I guess you had no choice but to but to look at what was happening Mm -hmm. and um 
and create the life that is more meaningful for you now. Um, Before we close the conversation, is there anything about um, the way that you create and integrate rituals in your life that you'd like to share? Mm -hmm. I think an invitation to let it be playful. I think sometimes when people explore a new practice, like having more rituals in their life, there's a sense of like needing to read more books or needing to have all the information that is out there. And I think the most important thing is just that it feels good and that we find a way to allow ourselves creativity and rest and playfulness and that we build the confidence to let that be fluid um, within what is culturally is respectful of course I think that's that's a big problem cultural appropriation in, in wellness spaces and I think we you know when I say let's be playful and creative I'm not saying let's see what other cultures are doing and just kind of grab that and see how it fits but really listening to our own stories and you know the stories and and traditions from the people that we come from from the places that we live in and and to lean into that I think that can be really beautiful and everyone has permission to do that Mm -hmm. yes thank you so one last question is what is currently inspiring you I think the thing that's inspiring me at the most at the moment is really the landscape here in Scotland because that has been so consistently beautiful throughout the whole year and there's always something new that I discover. It's changing every day and I'm so grateful to be living here as I look out of the window and the sky is really pink um, because the sun is setting and yeah, I feel really grateful to see that. Thank you for sharing that. That does sound like a country I'd love to visit. In, um, it seems like there's a lot from the visuals that I've seen there's a lot of hills and greenery and mm-hmm. just like a beautiful place so I'm happy yeah. for you that you've chosen that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and thank you again for joining yeah. on this conversation and um, yeah I'm glad we had it and, um, me too thank you so thank much you. for having me good to talk thank you <laughs>